this is Dr. Jose Saldivar with another episode of the Way to College podcast. Uh, in my journey as a podcaster, I've had all kinds of guests. My next guest I met when I was a high school student. And uh, my high school English teacher told us that he had a friend who had just written a book, a children's book, and that he wanted us to read it and he wanted us to distribute it. So we show up to his house and he's got these boxes of books. And the title of the book is Give the Pig a Chance. And from there began a long friendship. <laughs> and I, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself because he does so many things. He's got so many titles. But David, why don't you introduce yourself to our guests or to our listeners? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm David Rice, a big fan of, of Jose Saliva. How about that? Um, yeah, since high school. How about that? That's crazy. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there you go. So back then it was Francisco Guajardo, who's Dr. Guajardo now, as you are Dr. Salivar. And so, um, yeah, that back then Francisco showed you the books to the students back in 1991, was it? 1990, 91? It was early 90s. I forget the year. Yeah, 91, 92. But that was a, an opportunity to showcase my work, work with students, um, and then the book got published and then another one, another one. So, but I think with all, all material, you know, we're comedians, if you're test driving a car, a bicycle, you need to test it somewhere. You need to see if it works. You know, you need to, a pilot project. You need to see real world experience on it. And so I, I'm a real firm believer in, I'm not a, a theory guy. I'm more of a, a on hands, practical guy. You know, your dad's a mechanic, you're a mechanic and I work on cars. And there's theory and there's the, the reality of it. You look at the engine, you look at the motor. What's the reality? In theory, and I'm like, whatever. I don't want to hear your theories. <laughs> reality, you know? And so I'm grounded in, in, in practicality. And so uh, I'm, that, I'm that kind of writer who um, writes, but also sends it out to my friends and my mom and dad and my people I, I, I trust and people I know have a good sense of what literature is. And then uh, from there, I keep on. Then, the, in fact, my editors don't even get it until my friends read it first. Then my editor gets it. I don't. Oh, wow. My editor gets the final copy after all my friends, after many rounds of beers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> have agreed to something. And then we go, yeah, this is a good story. And then we send it. And my editor goes, this is bad. <laughs> my, my, my novel has been rejected now three times by her. So clearly this, this process is not working. <laughs> I have to find new friends, maybe. Well, uh, you, you have been persistent. You are a persistent fellow, right? So um, I imagine you, you know, you'll send it back another round of beers, another, another yeah. set, sets of eyes to look at it. <laughs> so well, I, mean, I think it'll be fine. Well, it's like you said, this, this podcast is the path to college, right? And, you know, a path is a journey, right? It's, it's not, uh, you know, you think about Las Vegas, right? Las Vegas, Las Vegas, that's Las Vegas. A, a Vega is a path. Mm-hmm. It's not one Vega, it's Las yeah. Vegas, right? It's, yeah. it's many paths. And so uh, being persistent is just the, one of the key elements of, of the journey. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go on this journey, you're going to go on this path, you know, you're going to then just keep moving. And so the yeah, persistence to me is, is um, I think everyone should have that. It's not a, 
No, I mean, it's, I think it's a good trait to have. I think it's something you should be, you, you know, okay, I'll give an example of persistence. You'll <laughs> like this. So I was giving a talk to some high school and kids are, you know, being difficult like they were or whatever. And I'm trying to like, you know, help them and be a motivator. And I was failing, but uh, as I do. And so I said uh, that each of these kids in that room was, was built with determination already. <laughs> that that is your nature to be determined. Your nature is to be persistent and determined. You are by nature terco. That it is your nature. And they're looking at me. I said, I'll give you an example. I said, I'll, I'll prove it to you. So I, I told the kids, all right, I want everybody to stand up. And the kids stood up. I go, okay. And I, and I go, sit down. And they sit down. I go, how'd you do that? I go, how did, wow, you guys all stood up and you stood still for you know a few seconds and none of you fell. And then you sat back down. How'd you do that? And they're like, what? I go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like blown away by this. I mean, I asked you to stand up. You all stood up, you know, for, we all stood for, you know, maybe 15, 20 seconds and asked you to sit down and you all sat down. How come none of you fell? How come none of you fell on your butt or on your head? Well, I, I don't understand this. What's going on here? And they're like, looking at me like I'm crazy, of course. And I said, look, do you know that the average baby because it's been, it's been counted, falls 295 times before that child begins to walk. So all of us in that room have fallen on our butts, on our heads, on our backs, on our sides, and cried in coraje that we want to walk. And then finally, after 295 attempts, you're able to begin to walk. That is your nature. It is human nature to be determined and persistence. Somewhere along the way, however, some adult, it's often an adult, or society told you you couldn't do it. And you began to believe that lie. You began to believe that, that horrible thing they were doing to you to, to keep you down, but that's not your nature. So persistence to me is something I don't have a choice in being. Mm -hmm. Because it's something that we all you yeah. know, Yes, but we forget or people, grownups primarily, you know, or society will tell you, you can't do it. It can't be done. And I'm not saying that to be a motivational guy. That's not, a, I'm not trying to be motivational. Mm -hmm. I'm just being as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, motivation is telling you, you have an amazing singing voice when you can't sing at all. Right. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not, no, no, you don't stop. Please stop singing. You forget it. Right. But there are things you have and you should, uh, persist in it and determined because these are very important gifts. And, and so the idea of writing to me, um, this is the path I've chosen, right? Uh -huh. And for me to abandon that path would go against the 295 times I fell on my butt, on my back, on my side. And then I screamed in Korake and I grabbed onto a chair and threw a fit on the floor. And my parents go, look at him cry, look at him cry. You know, and <laughs> And then finally at 296, I stand up, huh? what was that? <laughs> you know, and then at, at 500, I'm running through the house, breaking things outside, jumping a tree. So it's, it's this thing that we all have in us uh, to, to do. We're, we're, we're built that way. Right. So let me ask you, um, I ask all of my guests if they had to identify a starting point, in their educational journey, where would that be for you? <clears throat> educational journey um well, I, I would imagine that most of your guests would say i would think i would hope it starts at home right it starts with uh somebody in the family who's 
you know, wiser, older, right? Like your grandma, your grandpa, your dear or dia, someone who's got some worldly experience and they begin to focus on you and help you. So I think that your educational journey doesn't begin academically. It, it begins with um, wisdom, which is academically granted, right? But it's not like books, it's, it's worldly experience. Again, this goes back to not theory, but practicality. Mm-hmm. And so somebody in your family will tell you, mijito, mijita, no, 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 así, it's like this. And it might be in the kitchen, it might be outside, it might be you know on a, working on a car or, or fixing a swing or whatever. And it's, it's that moment when you begin to take a step back and then realize there's a process to learning, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a very organic, natural thing. And then you begin to re- realize, oh, if I can fix that, I can fix this, right? And you look at a cookbook or you look at a mechanic book or you look at, you start getting instruction manuals. And so your curiosity, which we all have, if it's, if it's encouraged uh, with the right people around you, then, then you're on your way. I don't, and I think that, you know, most people have that in their home or in their neighborhood, in their church, um, where someone will have some, some wisdom to impart, but a wisdom that you can apply. Not, not like, let me tell you about love. I don't want to know about love. Forget I'm going to solve love. You know, I want to know how to iron this shirt, you know? Yeah. I, I, I want to know how to lace up my shoes so they won't come yeah. undone. You know, and then they start giving me real world practicality. And, and then once I establish that foundation, so I think to me, learning begins at home, but it's, doesn't, it's, not, it's not teaching me to read, which is important, or the ABCs, which are important, or math, which is important. It's learning to be a good human, a good soul, a good person, share kindness, consideration, thoughtfulness. And then you, then you start to build. And so I, I think that's, um, I think that's where education for me, at least that's like, that's where it starts. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, what did you aspire to be? Like every, right. We, when we're kids, everybody asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you want to be when you, when you grew up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It hasn't happened. Yeah. It hasn't happened. It hasn't. I mean, good God. I mean, you know, you don't have any kids. I don't have any kids. And, you know, in the Mayan world, if you don't have a child, you're not a grown up. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> so so um, what what. And this is another good I think it's a good question, but, and I think it's often answered uh, in a in a way of the. Um, of a, of, a, of a professional field, right? Like a firefighter or an astronaut or an athlete or a football star, right? Or whatever it is. I think it often is misguided in, in what you grew up to be. I think what you should grow up to want to be is kind, generous, compassionate, thoughtful, you know, considerate, um, observant. And I think that um, the idea of what we learn in the playground as children or with our family then shifts to a profession. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But then you're chasing that profession for fame, for money, for status, for identity. I, I, I think it should be you, you should chase. So for me. You know, I was a Cub Scout. I was an altar boy at the church. 
you know, I, my grandparents lived across the street from us. My, my white grandfather lived with us in the house. So as a child, and I bathed my grandfather, he used to shave and bathe him from the age of eight till he died. I was, I was his caretaker. So to, for me, the, the highest uh, thing to be was a public servant, was to serve others, right? So the church taught me that, Cub Scouts taught me that. And then as I grew older, I began to not value the job I have, but what does the job do? Mm-hmm. If it's doing something for others, then I want to do that. I, I want to do something that, and then I'm not fortunate because I've, I've always been this way. I never cared about money or fame or status. I, these things really don't matter to me a whole lot. I just want to make my grandparents who are now deceased, I want to make them proud, my tias and tios proud. Um, so I think that what I want to be as a child was never, was ne- was never a profession. It was a, I want to do something of service. Goodness. Do you think, I've never had it framed for me that way, but I get it. It's beautiful. Uh, I think it's, it's certainly for our listeners who don't know you, that is exactly who you are. You don't chase fame. <laughs> you know, you live out of a bag, you know, a duffel bag or something. And you kind of go, you know, wherever your work takes you, wherever your mission takes you. Do you feel like, do you think kids have an option? Like, because I don't think it's ever framed that way. I feel like we, we have to decide. We've got to pick a profession. We don't get that opportunity. We don't get to have those conversations about, you know, Mijo, I want you to be kind and I want you to be, you know, this and that. And I want, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of inherent. I think a lot of times, right. For you that I don't think you sat down with your mom and dad and said, somebody's got to pay, got to pay the abuelo. Right. Uh, David, you know, um, what, what, what's your rate? (laughs) What's your going rate. Right. And do you want insurance or no. Right. It was David, you're going to have to do this. Um, do you think, do you think kids are forced to decide? Like, do we, do we put too much pressure on kids to figure out a profession? Uh, yes, I think. Yeah. Without question. I mean, um, there, there's a fine line between having ambition and having goals, right? And another one of what is going to make me really happy. What will make me happy? Ambition and goals may not make you happy. Yeah. You may accomplish those goals and achieve those, you know, things that think are going to make you happy, but that's a false pretense that this is a very dangerous path because you think, Oh, if I have that house or have that money or have that car or have that, whatever, that's going to work. But anyone will tell you in any movie you see, any book you read that in the end of your life, those things didn't actually matter. It was the friends you made. It was your family. It was your mom and dad. I mean, this now I'm 57 now and Every year now, I'm going to more and more funerals. You know, my, my friends' parents are passing away. Mine are still hanging in there, uh, despite my, my trying to push them off the planet. <laughs> They're like, they just hang in there like, ah! nothing I do uh, kills my parents. Anyway, so I've been going to a lot of funerals. Um, and at those funerals, 
they never mentioned that they had a Cadillac. No. Or they had this really cool house. They talk about their family and friends and kindness and stories of, of a wedding or a quinceanera or a party or a trip. I, no one ever tells you how much Mozart was worth when he died or Beethoven or how much money they had when they were. No one discusses these things. Yeah. They do in the interim, perhaps, because they're misguided. But that's not about that. And if you begin to identify with material possessions and monetary things and, and structures, uh, then that's going to really hurt you. And so our, our, our kids, um, which I find just really weird, parents tell me all the time, oh, you should have a kid. It changes your life. You know, it, it makes you so much better. And I go, well, why do we still have prisons? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. If, if you're saying that being a parent suddenly makes you a good, that I, then why are these evil kids, you know, over here? Why is that guy? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So I, because these kids are not given the right values. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's just the strangest thing uh, when they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? But then, you know, get to you're in school and suddenly you have yeah. to have an answer, a firefighter, an astronaut. I want to be a football player. I want to be like, what was what was that? What kind of mind game is that? Yeah, that's that's bizarre. That makes, you know, no sense to me. Even yeah. now, I don't, yeah. I don't have to be like, hey, what's, what do you want to do with life? I'm like, hey, what are you working on? Yeah. What are you working on? What are you doing? Like, you know, you're doing this podcast. Like, what are you working on? Yeah. What are you you doing? Oh, and I go, I never asked someone, what do you do for a living? I don't care what you do for a living. I mean, as long as I'm illegal, right? But (laughs) I I want to, I want to know who you are, you know, what motivates you. So, so yes, I think children should not be asked, uh, what do you want to grow up? I think it should be asked like, you know, what can we do today at the school to make it better? Yeah. Uh, let's go to the outside of the playground and let's look at things and where can we fix things? Yeah. Let's look at the trees. Let's look at the, where, where can we make improvements of the school? Yeah. And the, and the, let's, let's think as a community. And now, now, now is that a hippie talk or weird talk or liberal talk? I, I don't think so. Yeah. So real quick, right. So when I created the podcast, I, I did so because, you know, I wanted to do some consulting work having taught. So this is year 20 for me in higher ed. And, um, and I work with first year students. And so I, I, I get students and they're all, you know, anxious and worried and trying to live up to other people's expectations and competing with each other. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start interviewing people and just asking them, how did you get to wherever you're at? And what I found was, very few people are doing what they thought they were going to be doing when they were 20, 21, when they were graduating college, when they were going into college. Most people, for most people, it's a journey. For most people, it's, well, right now I'm working on this. But you know what? I'm thinking about what's next for me. And it, it's never, it's this never ending, um, not, not a, not a, and certainly not a competition, but it is, it, it is a journey and, and they're comfortable with that idea. They're comfortable with, and for me, I knew that, like, I knew that's what people were going to say. So I wanted to show my students and other young people out there. Nobody has a straight line. Nobody says they're going to, you know, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to follow. Right. There are ups and downs and we get introduced to this and we have these experiences and, and we're all over the place. 
And I think that's a great thing. Like for me, that's exciting. You know, and I try to, I try to, to convey that to my students, you know, and I tell them like, you know, a lot of the jobs, when you graduate, there are going to be a whole bunch of jobs that don't exist right now. And that's exciting. Like, how do you prepare for something like that? Something that doesn't exist. For me, that's exciting. I'm, you know, so I I always encourage them, learn as much as you can, get involved in as much as you can, you know, develop all of your skills. Right. And so, and, and be, and be good people, right. We have conversations about just being good people and listening to each other and being empathetic and caring about your community. And, and so, so it, yeah, the podcast wasn't about, you know, a, you know, Getting from point A to point B, and I apologize for my dog in the background, getting from point A to point B, because there is this straight line. There is no straight line, but we sell kids that we sell kids that, you know, you've got to pick a, you know, you've got to pick a now in high schools, you've got to pick a a pathway and a designation. Damn it. I didn't know what I was going to do. I said 18 or 19, you know, and I was graduating from Stanford and, and, and when I decided, hell, I I stayed for master's because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay another year and then maybe I'll figure it out. And then this, the job fell into my lap, but I, 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 I did feel like I was prepared for anything because, because of my, you know, work with Yano Grande and, and work in the community and, and the skills that I developed. So I was confident in that aspect, but, but I wasn't one of those kids that like, I'm going to, you know, be a lot, a lawyer and this and that <sighs> I didn't, I didn't know any of those things. And, but we expect kids at 18, 19, hell at eight or nine to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And I just, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's incredibly unrealistic. And well, it's not, it's not just unrealistic. Um, you know, like they, like they do in communist countries, apparently, you know, when we've read, you know, that they would determine what your gifts and talents were. And, and that's the path you're going to, you're going to do this, you know, you're, yeah. um, that's no different than asking a kid what they're going to do when they grow up. You're trying yeah. to put that kid on that path, even though the kid really doesn't want to know, right. Doesn't want to go in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the key thing you said earlier about uh, you had built a certain resistance or, or, or skill set at Ed Calchelsa and Yano Grande and as, a, as a kid in high school. I think that our job as teachers, as community leaders or whatever, is to build the confidence of our students, the self-esteem, the self-worth, believe in them and say, it's, it, I mean, no importa que haces, mijito, I'm always going to love you. You know, that that's like a parent, right? No matter what you do, I'm still going to love you. I don't care if you become a firefighter or an accountant or a teacher. As long as you're happy, that's what I want, you know? And so if we tell our children that the, the, it's not the, the job you get, it's the person you are, right? So like you said Mm -hmm. earlier, in this podcast, you have people talking about community and love and respect. And, that, and that's all good. They, they all say that. Everyone says that. It sounds great. I mean, <laughs> I, I was at HEB earlier and, and all these cards are out for Valentine's. They all say, say amazing things, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know, like best husband, best wife, best friend, best this, best that, rah, 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 like whatever, you know, like, and, and talk is cheap, man. Talk is, <laughs> they're like, yeah, but as adults, we have to reinforce these kids every day with that because there's so much media 
that's pushing them in a different direction. And it's gotten, you know, every, every decade, something comes up, some shiny object that's trying to lure people away from their true talents, right? So this is a very, this is a big struggle. It's not that we cannot just tell our children um, once. It has to be done daily. Yeah. It, it is, it, it has to be done with heart, uh, with compassion, with, you know, kindness to help these students build themselves so no matter what they do, when they get to that position, whether the healthcare worker or an attorney or a you know, firefighter or an accountant or working for the county or the city, that they have self-respect, self-worth, and a strong identity. That these these are the, the important things to have. You know, uh, to me. I, I don't yeah. I want I want to see people enjoy what they're doing whether it's a cook, you know, or a server or a mechanic. I mean, I mean, important the gases. I just want you to, to, to love what you're doing, understand the importance of it. Um, so yeah, we, we, I think that the journey is, and also it's not a straight path. A straight path is boring. It, it's the, it's the kinks in the, in the road. It's the curves, it's the bumps that test your metal, right. To see how strong you are. Yeah. And without those things, we cannot test ourselves. We have to have challenges. We have to have bumps, collisions, you know, some breakdowns in order to test our metal to see what we're made out of in that journey. And along that journey, who we have with us as family and friends and supporters or our community or, or, or you know, church to keep helping us move along. And these, yeah. are, these are long discussions, right? But yeah, yeah. ultimately, you know, we want our, our children to grow up happy and strong and and fun and adventurous and curious and kind and you know what these aren't hard things they're really not because they they look at adults and they want to be like us in many ways and if we display the best of us they'll pick it up yeah but if we display greed fear jealousy envy hate you know vengeance good god then Oh, that's just, we're destroying that child. We've seen, we've seen too much of that. Yeah. So Rice, I want to shift gears a little bit because I, I think, yeah, you're, you, you're right. This is a long conversation in, um, and, and not that it's not fruitful. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Right. I can talk about this. I, I love talking about this stuff, but uh, you know, one, one question that I had for you because you're a writer and I think a lot, there are a lot of people out there who, who, you know, aspire to be writers, myself included. Um, what advice would you have for them, for those people who are trying to find their voice to try, are trying to grow as writers and become writers? Okay. So you're, you're, you've written, you're a screenwriter. You've written screenplays I've read. And a lot of our colleagues at Yano Grande and at Cachel, so I know a lot of writers. Um, I think you know, because I don't, I don't know the answer to how to become a writer or best practices, but I do know this. Um, uh, whenever I force a topic or force an issue in a story, it's going to go back. There's going to be resistance because it's not flowing. So that's the first thing. I cannot, and it, I, I've seen it before. Every time I write something that's not 
completely honest <coughs> or with all my heart, it goes wrong. The novel, for example, it's, 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 I've been working on this novel for 16 years. It's too forced. I'm, I'm trying too hard and I know my, what it is, but it's, it's, it's I'm constantly working on it because it's like a, it's, it's, it's my gymnasium. It's where I test myself constantly and I'm, I'm always failing in there. But if you try to force it, you'll fail as I failed a novel already going on twice to my editor and 16 years of working on it. But it's the other work that I let my heart and let uh, my memory flow in it and let the characters speak that works best. So if you force writing, it's not going to work. If you allow it to speak for itself, it's going to work. And I, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate because I've written a lot of stuff and it's you know, a new screenplay I'm working on and it's looking promising. And what I, all I've learned in these 57 years and, and 27 of that as a writer is that whenever you force it, and I, I guess like a singer, if a singer is trying to hit a high note and they're not built for that, then stop doing that. Play to your strengths, not your weaknesses, right? So in writing, you play to your strengths. I, for me, I have a very good memory. I had a fun childhood. Grew up on that couch, had a lot of friends, still do, strong family, and that's enough writing material right there. If I go outside of that, that yeah. world, then things begin to get muddy and messy and confusing, and it, it, it doesn't work as, as well. And that, that's, that's for me. Other writers, Kinsana, they all have all kinds of, you know, they do yoga and meditate and live. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do. I don't, I'm having ADHD. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I can't sit still. I don't meditate and do yoga and think and, and talk to my ancestors. I don't, you know, I, I pray to them. Right. But I'm like, so different writing styles, but I do know this at the end that you have to allow your memory and some kindness to flow in and pick characters in the stories that, you know, like, you know, I, when I met your father, uh, it was at your house, and you had that. What was it? A, a Camaro? What was that car? It was you were working Cutlass. on Cutlass? Cutlass. Cutlass. Yeah. Yeah. And first time I met him, uh, it was at your house, and I, I, I don't know why I was there, but uh, I just saw this really proud father, proud of what he does, proud of who he is, proud of his son, and he he had really good posture. And he was very kind to me when he met me. He shook my hand, looked me in the eye. And I knew then that this is where Jose is from. This is where he's from. Yeah. And so that, I'll, I'll, you know, I haven't forgotten that. I mean, so if I write a character, uh, I mean, when he's a mechanic or whatever, I know your dad did body work, then I'm going to try to embody that spirit of when I saw him, right? And that's what you, so you go to your memory, you go to your emotions, you go to that feeling, and then you drop that into the story and it's going to work because that's honest. I love that. I'll let my father know. I think he'll like that. And I'll tell him that at one point he had really nice posture because his knees are shot. So he doesn't have good posture right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get him, convince him to, to have knee replacement surgery. You know, he's getting up there and he's up there in age and, and uh, the wear and tear, you know, he retired officially God, I don't know, five, six years ago. And, but every day, every day he's at that shop and he yeah. works a little slower, but you know, that that's what he loves doing. That's what he, he loves doing. 
So, so yes, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate, you know, that, that piece of advice. Um, Rice, what, um, what final words would you like to share with our listeners? You leave, what do you want to leave our listeners with? And you've given us tons of advice. So, well, I don't know who your audience is. I mean, who's your audience? High school kids, college kids. Who is it? You, I created it for high school and college kids. I'm finding there are a lot of older people listening to it. <laughs> I'm finding a lot of older people who are. So I've had some feedback from folks who are like, you know, they, they find themselves at a crossroads and they're looking for a little bit of inspiration. Well, um, so here's here's my advice, I guess. Um, so let's say these people who are listening to your podcast are, are older, right? They're at a crossroads or whatever. They listen to some podcasts and, and they hear some some sprinkles of wisdom or ideas or philosophies that they like, right? And they're going to like those things because it taps into an experience that they understand and have been through before and have somehow managed to get through it, right? Now, your best personal growth is not through your own personal growth. It is through the growth of others, so let's say in, you know, these 60 podcasts of these 60 individuals with different life experiences and backgrounds and education and cultures, et cetera, <clears throat> that if I'm a listener and I listen to one of them and it makes a lot of sense what that person says, that I play it for my grandson or granddaughter or someone in my family, which is young, I want you to listen to this line here. That's how I felt when I first met your mother. This is how I felt when I first got my first job. This is how I felt when I first moved here. This is how I felt when, when your uncle died. So the only way to gain wisdom is to share wisdom. So this idea of <clears throat> looking for personal growth um, is, is a, it's misleading because it, it only happens when you share with someone else. Then that is true growth. When you talk to someone about something, your experience, and you share with them, and they began to go, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that uncle and you, you know, lived in California for a while. Oh, yeah, I mean, me and your uncle, you know, we, we struggled. We, we lived in a, in a car for a while. That growth that you thought you're going to gain is now going to gain big time because that experience you share with that young person is going to see who you are, what you're made out of. And now there's growth on both sides, understanding of each other. So to chase personal growth, you know, these, these self-help books and, you know, all these things you see on shelves and how to be, be a better person or whatever, uh, you know, that's, that's fine, I guess. But it's my experience that the best growth happens when you share with someone else. So all I ask that those people who listen to this podcast, uh, and, you know, go through the podcast and find a line that not from my my talk here, but any talk, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, from a from a movie. I don't care. And you tell your someone, hey, I need to talk to you. And like, yeah, listen, you know, the other day you said this to your sister or your mom and I want to show you something. And then there begins the journey. Your your personal growth is not it's not supposed to be inward. It's supposed to be outward. That's, I mean, think about it. If I'm a plant, I don't grow in darkness. I grow in the sun. Mm -hmm. I must have the sun in order to grow, right? This yeah. idea of me growing by myself is, 
is just silly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, it, it's the, and thank you. I, um, I couldn't agree more. I think it's like, um, you know, I often encourage my students if they want to learn something or if they're struggling to learn something in class, try teaching it to somebody else. Yeah, Share your knowledge. And, and, and I said, and, and you'll find that you know more than you think you do. And you'll continue to, to learn more if you're sharing that with other people. But, and, and that be, that's, this is true, but you learn something different. Mm-hmm. The, the, what you thought you knew when you share with someone, you'll realize, oh, what I thought I knew was wrong. This is, there's something better here. So it, this idea of share with people is to, is to, I'm going to say the word perfect, but to find it, find a better way, right? Yeah. A better way. So it's, it's very exciting when you talk to, to young people or other people about ideas, because if you listen, because then both of you come away with some, some growth, some understanding, and then yeah. that, you know, goes to, to your household, to your community, to your friends. It's neat. It's really a, it's really a cool thing. You know, for me, I, I think it is, you know, yeah. you, you should smile, you know, and say hello. And, and how you doing? And, and then just show a little kindness and, and people usually wave back. You yeah. know, they, they don't, they go hello at first and then they go, Hey, how you doing? And that, come on. It, it's the, and I'm not trying to be like, Again, a motivational speaker here, trying to be inspiring. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the way it works. Yeah. If I go into into a cantina or into a bar, into a party, into into an office. I go, "How you doing?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best opening. Anyway, enough of that. I, right. I've and and for for our listeners, I have been in several rooms where the, when Rice walked into room, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> hey, how's it going? How you doing, David Rice? <laughs> well, I was I was told someone I, I know this. Someone said to me about a year ago. Do you realize that you you announce yourself when you walk into a room? I go what? I go yeah. You go you walk into a room and you go hello, I'm David Rice. And you're like, <laughs> and I didn't know I did that. I blew the, I thought you're you're full of it. And I walked into a place like, like months later. And I went to go how y'all doing? I'm David Rice. And I went oh my god, I I do that. But, but you know what? Uh, it's it's kind of fun. You announce yourself, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Rice, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate it. Um, So this concludes another episode of the Way to College podcast. Um, Thank you to my guest, David Rice. And um, please make sure you follow and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.